Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go in to the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith in the New York City metropolitan area. We ask you, as always, to please uh, download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app so that you can have access to all of our station's content, not just the Frontline with Joe and Joe. And wherever you see us on social media, you, primarily the Frontline TV on YouTube, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff, help us out a little bit. And today we're welcoming back a friend of the program, Teresa Tamio. And all of you out there know Teresa. And so we're, in, we're always overjoyed to have her on the show. But just in case there's one or two of you out there, there who have not heard of Teresa Tamio. She is an author, uh, syndicated Catholic talk show host, motivational speaker with more than 30 years experience in TV, radio, and newspaper, and has spent 19 of those years working in front of the camera as a reporter and anchor in the Detroit market. In the year 2000, Teresa left the secular media to start her own speaking and communications company. Uh, she has her website and blog at TeresaTamio.com, her daily morning uh, radio program, Catholic Connection is produced by Ave Maria Radio and EWTN's Global Catholic Radio Network and can be heard on over 500 domestic and international AM and FM radio affiliates worldwide. Teresa Tamio, welcome back to the front line with Joe and Joe. Ciao, guys. Great to talk to you again. How goes the battle? Oh, we're fighting. We're fighting. Sometimes we're banging our head against the wall. <laughs> how, how appropriate that Teresa said, ciao, because today we're going to be talking about Italy. We're lightening it up here on the front line with Joe and Joe today. Um, so we're going to be talking about tease Italy pilgrimages. Um, and it's something that uh, we want you all to know about because you may want to go on a pilgrimage. Teresa does this all the time, and we're going to let her explain it. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello. Teresa, we'll begin with the prayer, uh, as we always do. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, before you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us, amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So we got three Southern Italian people talking about Italy. This should be very colorful. I have absolutely no doubt about that, Teresa. Um, tell us about your company, uh, Tease Italy Pilgrimages. How did it start? Where'd you get the idea? Where have you gone? Where are you going? Well, the, the whole idea actually came from, as you guys just mentioned, myself uh, and my husband, and then also teaming up with others such as Steve Ray and Kelly Walquist and doing a variety of pilgrimages over the years, most of which have been to Italy. Of course, it's our favorite place uh, to visit until we vacation. My husband and I just love it because we're both FBI, so-called Italians, but we also love it because there's, it's so Catholic. Everywhere you go, there's another saint, another tomb, another Eucharistic miracle. And I've been going there so frequently that many of my listeners started to write me and ask me for advice. And for example, uh, one of my friends, Dr. Meg Meeker, who's a regular guest, this is about seven or eight years ago, she was going with her daughter. And so I wrote her an email and she said, this reads like a book. You should think about doing more of this or, or working in this into your ministry and really doing a, a big focus on Italy travel. And then I did one for Dr. Ralph Martin when he was finishing up his PhD. Uh, he was staying in Rome and he wanted to know what to do on the weekends. And he said the same thing. He said, this was incredibly helpful. You, you really have a lot of knowledge. And so I decided that since so many people were writing me, that I would offer a consultation. So it's very simple. For starts, in addition to the pilgrimage, you go to travelitalyexpert.com and you can sign up for a consultation. It's a, a very reasonable fee because at the end of the conversation, within a day or two, you get a detailed, a detailed summary 
and we send it to you in a Word document and PDF, and we give you suggested hotels, tours, teas inside tips, extra churches to see in addition to the actual areas that you need to see or the sites you need to see in the particular regions. And we have summaries and information on, again, the best restaurants, where to shop, and as I say, where to pray, eat, and play uh, in Italy. So it, it's become very popular. I started it right before COVID, and it was going gangbusters, and of course, COVID hit. But thanks be to God, it's really picking up again in just these past few weeks alone. I think I've had like nine or 10 clients uh, on private consultations. So that's part of it. The other part is really developing our own pilgrimages and the way I like to do pilgrimage is, for example, our premier pilgrimage, which is coming up in November. We still have room. And I know it's September and it may seem like short notice for some people, but there's some great airfares out there now for the fall. And this pilgrimage is so unique. It's called the Sweet Life of Faith, the Dolce Fide. And we're going to be following in the footsteps of St. Peter and St. Francis, Lazio and Umbria. Very, very different, more of a laid back tour, really giving you that sweet, that sweetness of faith and la dolce vita, the sweetness of life, Italy style. That is outstanding. Let's talk about like why go on a pilgrimage. I've done it myself. Um, my wife and I, before COVID, would drive up to the St. Joseph Shrine in Montreal. We like it a lot. We've been there a number of times. Joe Pasillo and his wife came with us one time as well. Um, you get a lot from going on a pilgrimage. Talk about that, because I, I think this is something that, uh, you know, American Catholics don't do enough of. I think you do that in Europe. I think there's so many beautiful shrines in Europe, but they're also in America. I mean, I've always wanted to go to uh, the shrine in La Crosse, Wisconsin, uh, which is dedicated to Our Lady Guadalupe. But, you know, there's the North American Martyr Shrine in upstate New York. I've never been there, but I'd like to talk about why Catholics should go on pilgrimage. Well, I mean, we are a pilgrim people. This, our life is a pilgrimage. We are not in heaven. And so this whole journey that we're on, God willing, I will end up in heaven with our Lord, is a pilgrimage. So how do we learn along that route, along that way? And how do we grow within our pilgrimage of life? We go on pilgrimage. We're all called to do that. And I think we just get, we just forget, or we think of it as something that's out of reach and something we can't do. We can't take the time to do, but we have to. I, I really wouldn't be able to do what I do every day and go on the air and confront all these huge issues that we're facing, especially in another election this year at the midterms right around the corner if i didn't have the opportunity to go on pilgrimage both regionally here in the united states as you said joe there's so many great tries and right after covid was kind of slowly winding down thanks be to god we did it took a group to our lady of hope shrine in wisconsin which is an approved apparition that's a beautiful place too you mentioned the shrine in guadalupe associated of course with wonderful uh, cardinal uh, edmund burke but there's so many places to see and we need that time we can't give what we don't have and if we don't spend time on pilgrimage before this the blessed sacrament if we don't spend time at places where um, Our Lady has visited, or just maybe that's dedicated to a particular saint, these beautiful, uh, these beautiful basilicas and cathedrals we have even right here in the United States, we're not going to be able to to function at our best ability and really fulfill God's will because we're not tapping into everything that's there. So pilgrimage is not just a suggestion. We're we're called to go on pilgrimage. We see it's very scriptural, right, in terms of the pilgrimages that was that were made to to Jerusalem, going up to Jerusalem, as it says in both the Old and, and the New Testament, and Jesus's family, right, and what they did in terms of their journeys uh, to Jerusalem to the Holy City. So it's something that really is required of us. Doesn't mean you have to go international. I, I would really recommend it because. When you go on pilgrimage, you get out of your comfort zone. And I think um, the regional ones are great, but I think if you really want to stretch yourself spiritually to go overseas, because you've never done it before, and you know this because you've been, although Italy is very modern, there are some quirky things that our Italians do and, and, and do differently over there. So it really gets you to, to stretch a little bit because it's, you're living in a different culture. And I think that's super important. I agree. I mean, I'll be honest with you, uh, Joe, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to interject. I mean, um, you also, I've traveled a lot on my own. Um, I got married later in life at 43, and I, I've done a lot of traveling. Um, and you really, to, to your point, when you travel by yourself, you really learn about yourself. And also you stretch yourself. I mean, like I could remember many trips. I mean, I've traveled uh, to South Africa alone, Asia alone, New Zealand alone. Um, 
it, it's a time for reflection and and also it's a time for friendship you you meet people talk about that a little bit because even if like you want to go with your husband or say your brother or sister that's great but you know if you're if you're alone and you want to go on a trip you're going to meet people and a lot of times you meet those people they it forms lifelong friendships i'm sure that's happened to you on the many trips that you've gone on teresa but talk about that because i think that's an encouragement to people who maybe say ah, i'm alone i don't want to go on a trip you're going to meet people and they're going to be like-minded uh they're going to be catholic and they're going to think like you well one of the favorite my favorite things about this and i'm so glad you brought this up because my husband and i travel along quite a bit as well and we, we go to italy on a regular basis in between the trips and whenever we do a pilgrimage like the one coming up uh, in november we always go in a few days early so we can pray and, and just have that that downtime before we meet the group but one of our things to do is to sit in the front of the bus because we always sit next to the guide and the escorts. We have access, you know, we have to make any announcements or anything. And we lead them in prayer and whatnot. Is I love to hear the chatter and the discussions going on between people who are meeting for the very first time. Now, sometimes there's some people who will come with maybe one or two friends or a couple will bring another couple. But most of the time when you go on a group pilgrimage like this, you're, you're meeting many people for the first time. And within, I am telling you, within minutes, there is an automatic connection because the Holy Spirit is bringing these people together. And you do form lifelong friends. I can tell you, as the Lord is my witness, that so many of the friends we have today our friends that we met when we were leading a pilgrimage. For example, there's this wonderful couple. They're big supporters of, of Ave Maria Radio, Joyce and Tom Meyer. He's an OBGYN who actually had a major reversion to the faith on one of our couple's pilgrimages. They're like best buds of ours right now. We hang out with them. As a matter of fact, Joyce just texted me and she's going to be up at my um, Catholic Women's Conference. I'm speaking at next month in October for her, her husband to come up and hang with us and, and we're just going to have a great time. But we met them. Now, I knew of her because she was a supporter. And so I would send her thank you notes and she would listen and she'd write me nice emails but once she came on the trip the four of us became fast friends and I've seen that over and over and over again and I love it when let's say there's a woman who's by herself another woman who's by herself and at the last minute they say well you know let's room together let's work this out that happened in our last pilgrimage or you just see these people becoming friends and you know that they didn't know each other beforehand and within a day or even a few hours it usually happens guys that they're asking us for the manifest can we share each other's emails we don't do that unless we get their permission but they're asking us to do it because they want to keep in touch with the people because when you are coming together on a pilgrimage and you want to see places like the tomb of saint francis the tomb of saint Clair, you want to go to orvieto for the eucharistic miracle and see where saint francis actually started the first crash team which is exactly what we're going to be doing in november something happens because you are there together to be a witness and to learn more about the faith and the Holy Spirit just works big time. It's so beautiful to see. It really is. Teresa Tomio joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rasinello and the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're discussing teas, Italy, why we should all go on a pilgrimage. Uh, Teresa, let me ask you a question. You've uh, yeah. obviously, you know, you're talking about going to Italy, uh, not just to visit Italy. Obviously, this is a, this is a Catholic pilgrimage. That you, I'm sure you've learned a lot over the years, uh, you yourself personally. What's had the biggest, or maybe give us a couple examples of um, how these pilgrimages have had the biggest impact on your own life? I think for me, I, I'm such a big fan of the saints that I just feel so close to the saints that they tend to show up and just really, you know, hit me over the head. I, I just really have had some um, very profound experiences at, at these various places. And I, you know, I've discovered, for example, my great Saint Teresa Bavaleft, whom I was named, even though she's a Spanish saint, there's all kinds of dedications to her all over Italy. And I was, I was down on a trip one time down way at the Southern part of Italy. And I discovered in this little town of Gallipoli on the Mediterranean coast in Puglia that there's a dedication to St. Teresa of Avila. And I did not know this. And then she, it's like she follows me everywhere. And, and this last trip that I was on, uh, this pilgrimage that I did, and at the end of it, I was in all these churches and almost every church she was there. There was a statue of her. So the saints and St. Catherine of Siena has been huge in my life. And, and, and she has spoken to me so many times and walloped me over the head when I had a profound experience with her in Rome and also St. Uh, Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. So for me, it's the saints, I have to say. I go there, I visit their tombs, I, I ask for their intercession and they show up, they show up big time. And, and it's, it's almost comical where they hit you over the head. So for me, it's the connection to the saints because I've always been, even as a little girl, very, very big into really appreciating these gifts and that we have in, in the great cloud of witnesses. That's awesome. Uh, um, well, let's talk a little bit about uh, a couple of those. So you mentioned Orvieto. 
earlier. Okay. Right. So remind our audience, Teresa, let's say for argument's sake, um, if you're going to be visiting Orvieto, uh, which saint is associated with Orvieto or saints? The Eucharistic miracle is what, is what Orvieto is known for because Orvieto is a beautiful Etruscan city, breathtakingly beautiful. It sits on top of a, of a small, I wouldn't call it a mountain, I'd say a small, probably a large hill. You have to take an escalator, just like everything in Italy, everything is up, uh, except if you're in Rome, Rome is pretty flat, but you know they have the seven hills, but Rome itself is not that difficult to, to walk. But Orvieto is a beautiful Etruscan village, and it is the house, the home of one of the um, Eucharistic miracles, Eucharistic miracle of Bolsena. Bolsena is a beautiful lakeside town, a small lake, the Lake of the Lago de Bolsena. It's about a half hour south um, west of, of Orvieto, where a priest from Prague was making his way to pilgrimage, and he was having doubts about the Eucharist, and he was saying Mass at the Church of Santa Cristina, which my husband and I visited last year, and that's where the actual Eucharistic miracle occurred, in Bolsena. And so he took the actual um, corporal. He was having doubts, and during the consecration, the host bled on the altar cloth or the corporal. And so he took that corporal to the Pope, who was housed in Orvieto at the time. And that's where that corporal is still kept. And on certain occasions, you can uh, venerate it. And it's in a beautiful side chapel. And it's just a gorgeous church. And the front of the, the cathedral in Orvieto is the most magnificent scene. It's all dedicated to Our Lady and the scenes of her life with the Lord and these mosaics that just, it, you can't even describe it. If you look up Orvieto Cathedral, it'll just blow your mind. So we're spending three nights in Orvieto on this trip, which is very special. A lot of people will go to Orvieto and see the Eucharistic miracle to go to the cathedral. And the town itself is stunning. And there's an underground area you can see, and there's wonderful wines. So it's, it's just a great place to visit in Umbria, which is one of my favorite regions, but people don't stay overnight. They usually stop in the places in Umbria on the way to Tuscany or on the way down to Rome, and they're missing so much because to me, places like Umbria, Calabria, Puglia, those are the real, that's the real Italy to me because you're getting a life where it's, it's, it's much more quiet. There's not a lot of tourists. You've got the little towns and the villages, and that's where we're going to be spending the majority of our time. We're spending two nights in Assisi, Again, most tours, and I've done this, and there's nothing wrong with it. You go and you go for a half a day or a full day, but then you go back to your place in Rome, or maybe you're coming, maybe you're going back to Florence or, or whatever. But to be busy during the day, pilgrimage groups are obviously going to, for example, the tomb of Santa Chiara and the tomb of San Francisco. But then at night, it's a whole different experience when the Umbrian Valley below Monte Subasio, which is where Assisi is located, it lights up. It's just, and that you could see the sunset and there's that peace and you see the birds that always are circulating around the tower of, of uh, you know, the church of, uh, of St. Francis. And then you can walk the streets at night. You can go and have your, your chena, your dinner, or you can go and have a glass of wine and just sit and kind of get the feel of what life might've been like. And Assisi and Orvieto have not changed. And I've been there dozens and dozens of times. They still have that very small, peaceful village atmosphere. So I believe that that Italy is, is life on steroids because first and foremost, you have these great witnesses that we have this example, right? We have this beautiful Eucharistic miracle, which is confirmed by the church. And it's, it's you know, the whole Corpus Christi feast is, is coming out of that, that cathedral in Orvieto. Then you have St. Francis, you have uh, St. Clair in Assisi. We're also going to be going to the town of Viterbo in Lazio, which is the region of Rome. And we're going to see where the first papal conclave was held. So we're going to these places that, yes, you're going to see the big things. You're going to see the Eucharistic miracle in Orvieto. You're going to get to the tombs of St. Francis and St. Clair. You're going to get to Roma. That's at the end of the trip. And we are offering an extension. But what I want people to do is to slow down and savor that time. This is why designing this pilgrimage, my husband and I sat down and we did the entire itinerary. We even went to the places in May that we were going to be sharing with the pilgrims because we wanted to see some of these themselves. Now we've been to Assisi and Orvieto, but we had not been to Viterbo and a couple of the other towns that we're going to. So it was very important for us to experience for ourselves. So this is a different trip. If you want a combination of seeing a lot of great things, the biggies, for example, the, the major basilicas and whatnot in Rome, and also St. Francis, St. Clair, and then the Eucharistic miracle of Orvieto. But if you want a real slice of Italian life, then this is a trip for you. It's coming up November 6th to the 14th, and we still have room. We're at 34 people right now, but we can take between 40 and 50. So I think 40, between 40 and 50 is a good number. Teresa, where uh, where could folks go to to sign up or to learn more about it? What it give our audience all the right now before the break all the information you'd like for them to have so uh, to find out more about what you're doing not just with Tease Italy but other things too. So uh, the 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 time is yours. 
Sure. Well, they can, the easiest thing really, and thanks for that, is just go to my website, teresatomio.com, and just go to the event section. And you can just scroll down and we have the flyer there. You can also go to AveMariaRadio.net to the travel section and you'll see my big Italian head and my big Italian hair and my picture there. And you just click on it. And that's the first flyer that comes up. You can register online. You'll get the brochure, see all the details. Or you may call our travel agency that's co-sponsoring this along with uh, Ave Maria Radio. You can call 313-565-8888 and ask for Brandon. Brandon is uh, helping us with this trip to coordinate it. Wonderful young man, a godly man who's helping us with all the details. So again, either TeresaTomio.com, my event section, or Ave Maria Radio. You can also go to Travel and the Expert, but I'll just send them to the one, Teresa Tomio, because that has everything on it, everything else I'm doing. But again, the event section on my website or AveMariaRadio.net says Travel with Ave Maria Radio right at the top of the, of the banner there on the website. And the phone number to call if they want to call and find out more quickly if there's room left, 313-565-8888. I really, really hope your listeners will think about this because it's just such a different pilgrimage. You're getting a lot of the big, and we have a great priest. We have a wonderful priest who's from St. Francis Parish of all things in the Diocese of Lansing, Michigan. And he's wonderful. He's Irish from Ireland, has this amazing Irish brogue, but he is so dedicated to St. Francis and St. Clair. And he's very knowledgeable on both of the saints, also studied in Rome, so he knows Italy very well, but he is wonderful. And it's Father Jim Conlon. He'll be our spiritual director and we'll have mass every single day. That that is so beautiful. I got to tell you, Teresa, when I went uh, nine years ago, um, I went to Italy with my wife for our honeymoon. Uh, that was 2003. Yeah, 2013. I did well in Rome. OK, I did well as far as being able to map out our trip, you know, starting from where we were. And, uh, you know, I planned everything out, like looking at the map. All right, we're going to go that way today and walk that way and walk that way. Uh, and, and and like I said, we got to see everything. And, I, and my wife to this day, she tells people, you know, Jojo did a really good job at mapping everything out. But I got to tell you, when we go back and we're going back, um, we're not going back this year. And I know you're going to be doing um, Tease Italy uh, for the foreseeable future. I'm going to I'm going to sign up. I'm going to sign up because when it did when when we did get to Tuscany and or and one time uh, we took a bus ride from Rome through Tuscany um, and stopped at a few places. And when we did go to um assisi all right we took a train to assisi i gotta be honest i was kind of lost i could have used you Teresa. is what i'm saying i yeah. uh, talk about the benefits of not having maybe that strict tour guide type feel but having to going to italy we have about three minutes before the break going to italy with somebody who knows what the hell they're doing well i think one of the things that we do the reason i started tease italy and again if people want to do more of a personal tour as you and your wife did what i do is i, I map it out for you and you did it on your own which is great but, but i'm sure you you realize and thinking back that it was a lot of work and then once you get into the other areas it can be very overwhelming and how do you get from point a to point b people will write me and say i have a questionnaire that you fill out at travelitalyexpert.com if you're interested in a personal consultation and then you, you tell me, where do you want to go? And I remember I had one client who said they wanted to spend most of the time in Rome because they were bringing all of their grandchildren. So including their kids and their grandchildren, it was going to be 25 people. And they wanted to go up to Padua for the day. And I said, that is not physically possible. Padua is six, seven hours without any stopping. And if you've got little kids, you're going to need to stop more than once, right, for a variety of reasons. And so she said, oh, my goodness, I never thought about that. But I worked with her and I said, okay. You can, you can do one of two things because you have one grandson who wanted to see, you know, St. Anthony of Padua so badly. I said, you could just take him, you and your husband can go and take him, or you can move the whole family, but you're going to need to get a small bus and you're going to need to get a hotel and at least stay overnight because physically it's just going to be too impossible. So people look at a map of Italy and think, well, this looks easy. I can go here, here, here. But what they don't realize, as you guys know, because you've been there, is it's not like, you know, driving along a major highway like I-75, you know, or whatever it is, and you get off the freeway and, oh, there's a CC. No, there's little roads, there's back roads. And even if you're taking the train, as you just said, you get off the train and then you have to walk or get a cab to get into the actual town to see the actual site. So people tend to look at things and say, well, I can do this on my own. Well, you're going to be exhausted by the end of the time if you don't have some guidance. And if, I like for the first or second time to encourage people to do a pilgrimage because for the first time, everything is planned for you. You don't have to worry about it. You literally could just wake up, get on the bus every morning and it's all done. And even if you have free time, what I do with my pilgrims is I am, I'm sending them emails on a regular basis. I'm suggesting restaurants. I will bring those restaurant suggestions with me, tell them where to shop. I'll bring all that information. They'll have all kinds of background. So they don't have to wander around aimlessly because Italy, 
is so beautiful, but at the same time, you're in a city like Rome. Well, where do I go to eat? There's thousands of restaurants. What's the best shop if I want to buy a purse for my friend? How do I know nothing ripped off? So there's all these insider information tips that I give people, especially if they're on Pilgrim Retreat, but also if they consult with me on TC. And most people find it super, super helpful because they never realized what they're encountering. And you're spending a lot of money. You know, you're spending a lot of money to go over. So why not at least have a head up in terms of what's doable and what's not doable? I, I agree a thousand percent. I mean, I mean, I'm not joking. When we when we took that train ride, uh, my wife and I to uh, to a we missed the stop for a CC. I would tell you, if you were right. there or we were there with you, that would not have happened. Okay, right. you missed the stop. You're at the next town, which now now you're like another 20, 30 minutes down the road. You got to take a cab right. back. Listen, everybody out there. Go on the pilgrimage. You want to go to Italy? You're Catholic. You want to see the sites. You want to do Catholic things and Italian things. Go to the website, TeresaTamio.com, and book a pilgrimage with Tease Italy. T, we got to take a break, all right? Uh, We're going to come back. We're going to talk more with Teresa Tamio about Tease Italy, her pilgrimages, her experiences. Um, We're at the Veritas Catholic Radio 13th on your AM dial. 3.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. So stick around. We're going to be looking for Tease uh, Italy. Catholic Radio works, and now we have it here in Connecticut and New York. It's been seen around the country that there's no better tool for evangelization. Where there's Catholic Radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So, let people know you're listening to Veritas, tell your friends to tune in, and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe and Joe Rossinello, waiting the breach with Teresa Tamio because we're talking sunny Italy and the fact that Teresa Tamio goes there all the time on pilgrimage and brings other Catholics, not Catholics, you pilgrim. To t- you go with uh, Teresa. It's called Tease Italy Pilgrimages. And with that, I'm going to talk more. About it. I'm going to hand it over to Joe Rest. Teresa, it, it seems to me um, that you and your husband basically fell in love with Italy. Um, obviously, you're Italian. Um, why I bring this up, you go there time and time again. I mean, you know, you can go anywhere, but you go there. I bring that up because I can understand uh, that. And why I say that is there's been cities in my life. I've traveled um, for work professionally for 12 years. And then again, as a single person until I was 43, I traveled a lot. There were certain places I always went. People be like, why are you going back there? I love it. I love it. And there's something about a place that grabs you. Um, You know, like as uh, Tony Bennett would say, I left my heart in San Francisco. Well, there are places in the world that just, you know, grab us. You know, talk about the appeal for Italy, for you personally and your husband, um, outside of the fact that you're Italian. Why Italy? Why all the time? Well, I do have to mention our, our heritage. Let me just start there. And I know you appreciate this because we're, you know, three of us are, are Southern Italian. But for me and Dom, uh, Dom being from Northeastern Pennsylvania, me being originally from the East Coast, you know, that, that love of the Italian faith is just in our blood in terms of the Italian American culture. And yet, when we went to Italy the first time together, we just felt so comfortable. And I have to say, in some ways, more comfortable than we are, especially right now with what's going on in this country, but than we are in the United States. We just felt a connection and we started to see the habits of our, our aunts and uncles, our great aunts and uncles and our grandparents. We started to see them, the elderly people we were watching in Italy. And so there was that connection. Oh, that's why they do that. You know, on the East Coast, they sit on the stoop, right? Everybody talks about sitting yeah. on the stoop. When you're in Italy, everybody's gathered out in the piazza or they're sitting on their little balconies because that's how they socialize. And so that's where that habit of sitting, quote unquote, on the stoop really came from is from their culture. And so we recognize that right away, the way they drink their wine, the way they take their time with the meal and the way they have the fruit after all these little things that we grew up with and took for granted. Everything was being explained to us as we were walking through the sights and sounds of Italy. And then again, as I said, the saints, as I mentioned earlier, we're both uh, big fans of the saints. And then the third thing, and I think this is really important because this is why you find Italy at the top of the list for tourism, and not just with Italian Americans or Italians who are from you know other parts of the live in other parts of the world. There aren't too many places, and I've been I've been blessed because I do pilgrimages and I travel a lot for my work for EW10 and Ave Maria Radio and my speaking that have the beauty and the uniqueness of Italy. 
you have so many different regions. And I would say that there's a lot of similarities, but there's also differences. There are differences in the food. There's differences in the uh, type of land, uh, whether you're in like Basilicata, where my mother's mother was from, which is a lot of farmland and beautiful little towns. Or if you're in Campania, which is where the Amalfi Coast is, and you have the beautiful water and, and, and the pink and blue and purple houses. Or if you're up uh, in Cinque Terre, you know, north in the Tuscany area, and you're looking at the five lands, or maybe you're going to Venice and you're going to be visiting all those islands out there. So each region has such exquisite beauty and a very unique lifestyle. You know, the friendliness, the love of life and, and the excitement, but every single town also, I don't care how small or how large, the church is the center of it. Even if it's not that active, given the challenges we face in our world, especially in Europe, the church is still the center of life in every single little town. No matter how many times I go back, Every single time I leave, I cry. Uh, we just came back. We were last there returning on July 2nd. We were wrapping up a pilgrimage with my friend Steve Ray for Oberammergau in Germany. The trip ended in Milan. It was the first part of the trip. The group went on to Rome and to Assisi and then down to San Giovanni Rotondo. And Dominic and I had friends join us who wanted to go to Italy. So we did it. We designed a whole northern tour for them in Lake Como, uh, the ocean, and then over to Piemonte region, the wine country in northern Italy. And again, I, I had been to Torino many times, but I'd never been out in the wine country of Piemonte or Piedmont. And I even think it's just as pretty, if not as if not prettier than Tuscany. And it was an entirely new region for me and different wines than let's say Tuscany or you know the white wines from the south. So Every time I go back, there's something new to see, and I never get tired of it because the beauty, and then the saints are everywhere. There's so many saints, and it's just, it just blows your mind. I always say, like, God just took Italy and said, okay, I'm going to show off. I'm just going to show off. Look at what I can do. And whoosh, all of this in one country, a little bit larger than the state of Florida. It's just incredible. And, and everybody says that it goes. Nobody ever says, oh, I went to Italy. I had a bad time. And that's why so many people go back. Yeah, I, 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 I got to say, you know, I've been to Italy twice. Once when I was a little kid, like 10 years old, I was in Campania, as a matter of fact, but I was in the mountains. I was uh, in my mother's town in the mountains uh, for a few weeks, and then we saw Rome for a while. And then, like I said, I went nine years ago. I, I'm just blown away by it. I've been to, I haven't traveled like you guys have, um, but I will tell you this. I've been uh, going to Tuscany when we did our Tuscan trip, um, when uh, when we went nine years ago and going through there. We, we were up, like you mentioned, the sunset, Teresa, when you're yeah. looking over, let's say, the you know particular uh, valley or plain. Um, we were at the, we were in the town of Pienza. I remember, I believe it was Pienza, where they had sheep milk cheese. I never had That's sheep milk crazy. cheese. Yeah. It, was, it, it blew my my mind. Um, that's how good it was. But there's that that beauty. Like I, I compare it to Napa Valley. I've been to Napa Valley a couple of times. OK, mm -hmm. um, wine country. And I still say Napa for as beautiful as it is. Just Tuscany is like that slice of heaven, you know, right here on Earth. And that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. The place is so beautiful. And that's and that's the whole that's the whole peninsula. Right. I mean, I don't care if you're in Campania. I don't care what part, what part of Italy you're in. The whole, even Sicily, the, the whole Sicily place is amazing. It, it's I mean, just eye candy. It is. What's that? Sicily is amazing. We love Sicily. I want to go back. Sicily. Well, let me ask you this. Let me let me um, just just because I'm reminded of it. Saint Genarius is the patron saint of Naples, I believe. Yep. So, um, and they the every year the the his blood liquefies. Have you yep. been there yet for that, I, or do you I, plan I, to go there? I've been to Naples many times, but I have not. I've not seen that actual miracle. But um, yeah, that's an incredible thing to do. We just haven't been there in terms of the timing of it for the trips. But there's all kinds of things like that that happen in Italy that that are are very notable. And we meant you mentioned that. I mentioned the Eucharistic miracle, of course, in Orvieto. We have the Eucharistic miracle in Lanciano which is in La Marche, which is on the eastern um, part of Italy along the water there. So there's all these places where you go. And it's, it's so interesting how God left so much, so much of these miracles and these people who are so important to the faith. Of course, St. Augustine is, is buried uh, outside of Milano. Uh, and, and so all these different, and of course, St. Ambrose in Milan. So all these people that were so significant in the faith, I mean, it is just like an overdose shot of Catholicism when you go there. And the history of the church is so evident. And you feel, for me, that one of the other reasons I go, in addition to the beauty and getting the encouragement from the saints, it just reminds me that the church has been around for so long and that so many of the people that went before us 
had problems very similar to ours. We just didn't hear about it back then because they didn't have social media, they didn't have Facebook, they didn't have Twitter, they didn't have you know Instagram and Snapshot and all these things, and they didn't have eighty nine thousand TV stations because they didn't have communication the way we have it now. But it reminds me that the church has gone through a lot before. This isn't our first rodeo, or should I say our first polio, because that's the horse race that they have in Italy every year in Seattle, <laughs> you know? And so we have been through an awful lot as a church. And these saints and these sites are reminders of that. And it, it, it settles me, guys, because, you know, I'm in the air every day and I'm talking about these big issues and I'm talking about elections and I'm trying to get people to see everything through the lens of scripture and the teachings of the church, as we say, at EW10 and Ave Maria Radio. And it's stressful and it wears on you. And you get some people who don't want to hear it, even though they listen to you, they don't believe what you're saying, they think you're making it up, you think you're dictating to them, even though I'm just <laughs> trying to, to, to pass on the church teaching. And so there are days when you feel really beaten up, you feel like, you know, you're playing whack-a-mole, you feel like you're punch drunk, you've been in the ring. So I get renewed when I go there, and I need that. I, I need it so much. And, and I love reading about the lives of the saints. Uh, one of my favorite writers is Louis DeWall, who does all these beautiful books on the saints and takes you to their cities and, and, and their towns. So, so I need this, but 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 Italy is is just an incredible place, and those are just some of the reasons why I go. And the peace that I find in the smaller towns, that's what I mean. I, I'm a you know I was born in Jersey City, and I'm living in Metro Detroit. You know, four and a half, five million people in my area, and I love the city. I love Rome, but the peace that you find in an area such as Umbria, and Umbria is like a new favorite region of mine. It's just it's I can't even describe it. It's so beautiful, and it's so, and I even think if you dropped someone in Umbria and you blindfolded them and took the blindfold off, they'd think they were in Tuscany. That's how pretty it is. That's awesome. Teresa yeah. Tommy are joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. We're talking about T's Italy pilgrimages. T, real quick before I hand it over to Joe, where again, let our audience know for those just joining us where they could go to get, learn more about the pilgrimages and more importantly, sign up. Yes, well, we've got this beautiful pilgrimage. I'm so excited. It's our premier Tease Italy pilgrimage designed personally by me and Deacon Dom. It's called Living La Dolce Fide, as in the sweet life of faith. Okay, Fide is faith, and La Dolce means sweet, right? Living La Dolce Fide would be life, but this is actually faith, F-E-D-E. And this is coming up November 6th to the 14th. They're offering a two-day extension in Rome, which is awesome. Two nights in Assisi, three nights in Orvieto, two nights in, in Rome if you want to do the extension, another two nights. So please, we've got a number of people signed up, almost three dozen right now, but we still have room for more. You can just go to uh, TravelItalyExpert.com or TeresaTamio.com and go to my travel section. You can go to AveMariaRadio.net and go to Ave Maria Travel and you see my head, just click on it. Or you can just email me or call me, go through the website, TeresaTamio.com. The phone number for corporate travel, 313-565-8888, ask for Brandon. So there you go. Absolutely. Joe Racinella. Teresa, um, I've been to Umbria. I've been to Assisi. I thought it was wonderful. Talk about the food there specifically, uh, because one thing I enjoyed there, um, which I, I really didn't know too much about when I went, was the grappa. I, you know, like you, people have this understanding, but we would have, what is it called? Cafe Corrado. Uh, it's espresso with grappa in it. I thought that was also very good. I never experienced that. Also, isn't there a specific type of mushroom there that they put in uh, the pasta? I can't, I can't believe I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I found that the cuisine, it wasn't like the standard, it's like red that. sauce, uh, Southern, what, what is oh, it? You, you broke no, up, no, you, uh, you broke up there for a second, Joe. I'm sorry. Oh, I cut out. Yeah, that's all right. You're there. Go ahead. You okay, but about I, the well, talk about the cuisine because it's not like you know people always, especially in this part of of the U.S., like New York, Boston. It's a specific looking Italian, you know, like myself, dark skin, dark eyes, dark hair. Um, but that's not the case all over Italy, and the food is very regional. Talk about the regional food uh, that the people are going to experience because it is very different, and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it is. And depending on the region, you'll get different flavors. And, and of course, my heritage, uh, yeah, I was born on the East Coast. And, and so very similar in terms of our looks, the dark hair, the dark guys, same with my husband. And I think that is because most of the people, as you both know, most of the Italians that emigrated over to the United States, I would say the vast majority of them were from the South. They were from Rome and then South. Many people from Naples, many people from Sicily, my family, for example, from Calabria and Basilicata. And that's because that was the poorest region. And it was really just extremely dirt poor and there were no jobs 
And so they came over and emigrated, um, you know, most of them through New York uh, and Ellis Isle. My parents are on my, my, not my parents, but my aunts and uncles and my grandparents are actually on the wall of immigrants on Ellis Isle. They came here for, for a better life, right, in America. But the cuisine in New York, Boston, I would say very similar to that. A lot of Southern Italian cooking, which is fantastic and Roman cooking. But then you have Let's say you go to Tuscany and you have a lot of meat and you will have a, a little bit of a, of a heavier meat based. You go down south and you're going to have, for example, a lot of fish, especially along the coast. You're going to have your frutta de mare, but then you're also going to have uh, some different pastas. For example, if you go to Puglia, there's a whole different flavor there. and There's even some Greek influence there. And so it's, it's not your stereotypical Italian. And that's what I really like. And the other thing that the Italians do is they don't overcook the pasta, which drives me nuts. As a matter of fact, I still think even in some of the finer Italian restaurants I've been to in the United States, they don't still don't they'll cook the pasta. They're cooking it for Americans. They're not cooking it the Italian way because a lot of Americans say, well, it's, it's, it's crunchy, but it's not crunchy. It's al dente, it means to the teeth. It's, it's got a little chew to it. But they overcooked the pasta here in the United States. I've never been to, except if I would say New York and Boston are probably the best Italian food I've had outside of Italy because I'm very, very picky about my Italian food. But elsewhere, most of the restaurants, I would say, overcook their pasta, which is never done in a decent Italian restaurant. The other thing, too, is they don't do a lot of sauce. Did you notice that? Here we tend to pile on the sauce, right? They just they just throw like tons of tomato sauce, or even if it's an aglio olio, garlic and oil, they make it way too oily. In Italy, it's very, very light. It's, it's, and it's all fresh. We did a cooking class on my last trip that we were up in Cuomo and uh, it was, we went to a woman's home and she's not a chef. She's just a home cook. She loves to cook. It's her passion. And she, we, we made homemade pasta and then she made the sauce guys. All she used was canned tomatoes, really good canned tomatoes. And then she used fresh basil, olive oil, and garlic. And then she cut up the basil at the end, the chiffonade of the basil on the top. She didn't even use any Parmesan on top of it. And it didn't need anything. She made it right there. And the basil was from her garden. And she even chopped up some fresh tomatoes from her garden. We made the bruschetta. And everything was so fresh and very, very light. So it's not the heavy food. People think, oh, you're going to go to Italy. You're going to gain five pounds. Well, the thing is, you walk everywhere in Italy. And most everything is uphill. But the food is, is is refreshing because it's different than what you see here in the United States. It really is. You know, it's funny Absolutely. you say that. I'm sorry, Joe. No, no, I was, I was just going to comment that with that. One of the things I, you know, uh, like I said, having done well mapping out our Rome trip when we went nine years ago is uh, the food wise, though, struck out because people have to realize and That's why, you know, going on pilgrimage with somebody as knowledgeable as you, Teresa Tamio, joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe is I got taken on the food. Yeah. No, right. you're, you're a mark if you're a tourist. Let me tell you something. And then you end up spending, I don't know how many euros okay for a meal that you really you you wouldn't feed to a dog you really have to know what you're doing and when yeah. you find those good places so that's where i think uh, one of one of the many reasons why going on pilgrimage with you at tease uh, italy pilgrimages would be important because you're going to guide them in the right way when it comes to where they're spending their money on food and drink yeah and when we actually we pick the restaurants my husband and i for example for this trip we're sitting down with the eight travel agency we have an agency that we work with in italy alley and tour and they're wonderful wonderful Italian Catholic family, very, very devout. And the, one of the reps was just in Michigan and we had another meeting and went over everything and confirmed it. And then we sit down and because we've been to a lot of the places. And so I say, we want this restaurant. We want, we actually even go over the menus with them to make sure that I like the balance or what are we going to do here? If we had this pasta one night, I want to get this pasta the next night. It's very personal for me because I'm, I'm very proud to show Italy, the Catholic faith in Italy to people. And I want to make sure Everything is really good. We don't do anything but four star or above hotels. There, there are decent three stars in Italy, but I've had some bad experiences on my own. So I always do four stars. But in terms of the restaurants, sometimes what they'll do, and this is true in any city, any big city, especially something like Rome or Florence, they'll have the quote unquote American menu, right? And so they'll think they'll do what the Americans want when actually it's, it's I mean, the food won't be that bad, but it's going to be overpriced and it's going to be what Americans would see in an Italian restaurant like spaghetti and meatballs. So first of all, spaghetti and meatballs, that's an Italian-American thing. That happened when the immigrants came here and they started to make a little bit of money. So they, they made the meatballs and put them in with their pasta. If you go to Italy, it's usually either a main course or an appetizer. They're called polpetti. The meatballs are served separately and they're either small as an appetizer with a little bit of sauce or they're served as a main meal. You get maybe two large meatballs with a little bit of sauce. So it's not like piled on top of the pasta or served on the side of pasta as we think it is here in the United States. 
So knowing this, and they, they have these menus and they stand on the street corner and they hand them out to you. That's you got to avoid those like the plague. You, you know, to- Teresa, that is a very good point because um, yeah. Italians have been here a hundred years. Right. And like you, I know good Italian food um, and I'm very particular about it. Even in New York, I was on a business trip in Boston and they directed me to uh, the North End to supposedly like the be- I want. I don't want to bad mouth the restaurant but i ordered steak pizza all which for those who may know what that is it's chuck steak which is basically not a really good cut it's a fatty cut of of meat but you cook it in sauce with potatoes onions you could put some uh mushrooms and it's very good they gave me a steak with sauce on top of it i was like what is this like i can't even believe that and and that is like you need that type of insight because I have also experienced what you just talked about in Florence. We went to a restaurant, they gave us the American menu. And I was just like, I don't want that. You know what I mean? And that is just how it is. And you need that insight. I think that's very, very important because frankly, a lot of things that we eat here has been, it's been Americanized. And I can't stress that enough. Right. And I think, too, since part of the experience is going over there and enjoying the food, because the other thing that the Italians do, and you guys know this, is when they're making your meal, the sauce is made from scratch. It's made on the spot. They don't have these piles and piles of sauce made. The individual pastas, they they have the water boiling consistency. If they're going to make you, let's say, a carbonara, if you're in Rome, or a matriciana, which is another famous sauce in, in Rome, you know, that kind of thing, they make those plates up individually. And it's really an experience. And so you need to know that. You need to know who does this and who does it well. And, and we've researched it. We've been to, to every single restaurant that we go to. We've either been there, we've had a group there, or we've had an experience with. And it's funny because the pilgrims get a kick out of it. For example, when we go to La Vittoria, which is where Joan Lewis hangs out. That's where she holds court. You know, Claudia, the owner, his son, I walk in. It's like they practically have a marching band for us or there's some of the other restaurants that we go to. And, and it's really important because that's the experience. The other thing is people are under the impression that you have to spend a ton of money to get good wine over there. That's like so wrong. You could go to a little mom and pop place and order the, you know, the house wine. The house, you know, um, red, if you go for the uh, the white, the Bianco or the Rosa, the red, it's fantastic. They're very proud of their own olive oils and their own wines. And that's the kind of experience we're going to have on this trip. That's why I want to spend so much time in Orvieto and in Assisi and in the hill country of Umbria and Lazio, because you're going to be going to these smaller mom and pop type places that are going to give you that experience. And they're so proud of their product and you get to share that with them. That's so awesome. Teresa Tamio joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're talking about T's Italy pilgrimages. T, let's uh, let's go to Sicily, T. Let's go to Sicily. Some people, some people think that might be a little bit dangerous, but uh, tell us, uh, for all our audience members out there at the Veritas Catholic Network, what are some of the sites? Well, first of all, have you, have you done the pilgrimage there? You might have mentioned that already. Have you been to Sicily? Yes, but we didn't do a pilgrimage. We went to Sicily to explore for future pilgrimages, and I loved it. Now, my uh, my father's parents were born in Reggio, in the Reggio area of Calabria, which is the bottom of the boot right next to Sicily, so right by the Straits of Messina. So I, I've been to Sicily twice. Uh, it was once on a, on, a, uh, on a cruise, and then again, we went back, and we stayed there for a number of days. And we went to, of course, we went to Mount Etna, which is incredible. We went to Terramina. We went to um, Agrigento for the temples, which was off the charts crazy, beautiful. And then we, we, spent the, uh, we spent some time in Palermo, which is quite a beautiful city. And people hear about, of course, the mafia and things like that. But the lay people and the strong Catholics there actually turned um, Palermo around and it's a very peaceful city now lovely to go to and just the Sicilians are so I mean Italians are warned to begin with but Sicilians there's like a triple dose there and the food oh my gosh I can't even I can't even describe it I'm not a sweet eater but I've never had the, the most perfect cannoli I ever had in my life was in Sicily it's just incredible that's where they of course originate from and everywhere you go in, in the dolcerias you see the beautiful the beautiful beautiful different types of cannoli that they offer but sicily is very unique because you have a number of different cultures that were actually uh, mixed in with the italian culture because many 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 moons ago it was actually an island an island prison so they would ship a lot of people from different countries so there's a large greek influence there's a large arabic influence so the food is fantastic you've got a uh, little bit of the mediterranean and um, a lot of the Italian mixed in, but the experience in terms of the the uh, history there 
and just the, the, the topography of the land, it's just off the charts. I would highly recommend Sicily. We want to do a pilgrimage to Sicily. We haven't scheduled that yet, but that's the reason Deacon Dom and I went to kind of do some exploring, but fell in love with Sicily and want to go back. You know, it's funny. It's I have funny. a lot of Sicilian friends. Uh, they eat couscous in Sicily. Yes. Yes, I which is very you would never think that. And also uh, something that because uh, my family's from Naples, they do the rice balls, yeah. which is very, Arancini. very, Arancini. yeah, mm -hmm. which is unique, you know, and again, to stress the fact that like the different regions in Italy, you know, it's different food, you know, it's not like you think if you're from New Jersey or Connecticut or Staten Island, you know, like it's a different experience. And frankly, you need someone to give you some insight into that. Yep. And that's, and that's why it's important to go with people who know it. I like to give the analogy of, you know, in this life, we, God gives us a roadmap, right? He gives us a plan and we can either follow it or we can get hopelessly lost, which happened to me <laughs> before I came back to the church. And so you can go on your own, just like you decide to go on your own in your life, but at some point you're going to you know, hit a brick wall and you're going to get lost because you don't have God. Well, it's kind of like that if you're going to Italy. Yeah, you can go on your own. And Joe, you just attested to that earlier, the problems you had in the CC, that you did pretty well, but you had you had some issues, right? Right. But that's what's going to happen. If And I, I'll never forget one of our first trips. It was even before I worked in Catholic radio. I was still working in the secular meeting. And my husband and I did a parish pilgrimage. And this was, gosh, back in the late 90s. And we just loved it. Absolutely loved it, right? And we're sitting at a restaurant. We had some free time before we had to uh, go back to the hotel and pack. And we're sitting at a cute little restaurant in Rome. And we're just talking about how wonderful it was that we didn't have to navigate anything because it was the first time there and it would be so overwhelming. And there was a couple sitting next to us, a very nice couple from New York. And they looked exhausted. And I said, well, how was your trip? And I noticed they had some guidebooks. And they said, well, we are just so mad at ourselves. And I said, really, why? They said, because we we overheard you talking and we were thinking about doing a tour like you, but we thought, no, we can do it on our own and we don't want to be on one of those tour buses. We're just going to be on our own. They ended up not only being overwhelmed, getting ripped off at restaurants, but they were in line forever. And this is the other thing people don't realize. If you don't hire a guide, whether it's through a pilgrimage or on your own, you are going to be standing in line. And now Italy is back up to almost pre-COVID. You're going to be standing in line for hours and dealing with the crowds. And that doesn't matter if you're in Rome, if you're in Florence, even in Assisi, if it's crowded during the day. Getting into the churches, they always give preference to the guides and also to the tour groups. So that's another thing to keep in mind. Absolutely. Teresa Tamio, that's why it's important that people go to your website, go sign up. If they're thinking about going to Italy, this is the perfect time to go. You have Teresa Tamio as your guide um, and Deacon Dom, and you're going to have a great time. Uh, whether you're Catholic or not, you should join. Um, so Teresa Tamio, one more time, let our audience know where they should go if they want to find out more information and more importantly, sign up. Well, sure. And again, the pilgrimage is coming up in November, November 6th to the 14th, the Sweet Life of Faith. We're going to be spending time in Assisi, Orvieto, Rome, Viterbo, Greccio. Beautiful trip with me and Deacon Dom and Father Conlon. Mass every day, great sights, great food, great prayer, great friendship. And you can sign up. You can go to teresatomio.com and just go to my event section. Scroll down. We'll be right there on that page. Also, AveMariaRadio.net. Travel with Ave Maria. You'll see my big Italian head with my big Italian hair. Click on the picture. Or you may call my friends at Corporate Travel and talk to Brandon, who's handling the trip, 313-565-8888. And would love for some of your listeners to join us. It would be so much fun to have some fellow uh, New Yorkers and folks from the East Coast with me. I'd love to see uh, my paisans and anyone else who wants to come with us. Absolutely. Teresa Tamio, thank you as always for joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. You're, you're always welcome here, our friend. So thank you so much for coming on. Ciao, arrivederci. All right. And thank you all out there for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app so that you can have access to all of our station's content. And please, wherever you see Joe and I on social media, mostly Frontline TV on YouTube, like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation. And that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.